going on, everybody? Thank you for joining me on another exciting episode of Data. My name is Brian, and I look forward to sharing with you another amazing guest today. But first, if you haven't subscribed to the show yet, please make sure you get out there and hit that subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode. Now sit back and enjoy. Welcome to another episode of Dad Up, everyone. If you haven't subscribed yet, please make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any of my guests like the one I have joining me today. My guest began his career as a health, welfare, and child policy research for the leading public policy think tank in Washington, D.C. He then served as a technologist and executive in a series of successful healthcare startups. He is now the CEO of Empowering Parents, a company that provides online parenting programs and coaching geared toward helping parents handle the most challenging behavioral problems with children ages 5 to 25. In addition to his leadership and management roles, he contributes to empowering parents as an editor and homeschooling expert and a parent coach, which we will get into in our interview. He is frequently interviewed by CBS News in Florida for his expert parenting advice. He's a husband, a father of two sons. I am honored to have Kimball Lewis on Dad Up. Welcome to the show, brother. How are you doing? Thanks, Brian. Thanks for having me. Very cool. Well, I appreciate you taking the time out of your day. Um, obviously, uh, you know, power, empowering parents caught my eye, and so I kind of wanted to dive into a little bit about that and um, learn a little bit about uh, about uh, that and ways that people can get involved in that. Um, but first, let me do this for people who may not know a little bit more about you. Kind of give me the backstory of Kimball. Who's Kimball, and kind of how you uh, kind of how you involved evolved into this parenting role of yours as a, as a dad of two boys. So. Uh, kind of give me a little backstory of Kimball Lewis. So I've I've always been a uh, sort of a self-help junkie my whole life, ever since I was like, I don't know, like late teen years or whatever. So, and, but I, I, you know, as you mentioned before, my career went from working at a think tank in Washington, D.C., and then moving on to some, you know, healthcare startups as a technology executive. And then an opportunity came along about five or six years ago to, to take over because it was kind of a technology move, but also a content and parenting move to take over a company um, that needed to go through a transition. And what they did was they provided uh, help and services for for parents dealing with fairly severe defiance and backtalk and, and other issues. You know, issues where being a parent isn't isn't fun anymore. So so I that I um I knew the original founder of the company, and the company was going through transition, and and I kind of got involved at that point and. I'd also done, you know, it, it all, it's weird how things happen in life. You don't necessarily plan exactly how it works out, but right. I had done in college and then later in my later 20s, I went to college in Ithaca, New York. I did the Big Brother program for two years there. And then I, and then when I moved to Boston, I did the Big Big Brother program there also. So I'd always been involved with, with, uh, you know, with kids and that kind of stuff to some degree or another. So it all sort of fits, but it wasn't necessarily a, a plan from beginning to end. So now you're kind of getting your, into empowering parents. What is empowering parents? Explain that, and, and how how do you guys uh, help parents with you know those behavior problems that they may be going through with their children? So the company was a, was originally founded based on the work of a guy named James Lehman, and he was a he was a therapist who worked with families with defiant kids, and he spent a thirty year career working in group homes with kids and. You need to have certain special skills in dealing with fairly severe defiance. And he thought that, and when he worked with with families and therapists with uh, in his therapy session, he'd, he'd go through the sessions, but then he realized that the parents just didn't have all of the skills that they that these professionals had working in group homes. Mm-hmm. So he had put together a series of videos on how to deal with defiance, and he would give these 
these videos to the parents that he worked with. And the whole idea was to empower the parents with the tools that professionals have in dealing with behavior issues. And and that's how that's how the empowering parents came along as well. His program was called the Total Transformation. And he was he was around in the this was started in the late two thousands or so. Um, he met a guy, one of his one of his uh, clients actually, who was a marketing executive, and he said, "You know what? You, we need to get, provide this to more than just your patients. I bet I could I bet I could market this and would have a you know national audience for for these tools and your videos and that type of stuff." So so it took off, and, and they started they started empowering parents in the mid two thousands. And it really, it really took off. But unfortunately, in 2010, this guy James Lehman, who was the um, the voice behind the total transformation and the and the and the guy whose all this work was, he passed away suddenly. So at the height of his at the height of his work, he passed away. The company kind of floundered for a few more years, and then um, and then I got involved, and we're and we're revitalizing his ideas. Uh, it's all online now. It used to be like books and CDs and that type of thing. So it's all online. It's more of a technology thing, and. And the way parents find us is they're they're having severe problems with their kids, and they go on Google and they type, you know, my son swears at me, or my son steals from me, or my child, mm. you know, they're having all sorts of issues. That's how they find us. We come up in their Google searches, and we provide a, um, you know, hundreds of free articles. Uh, but we also have these, you know, more comprehensive programs that you know you spend about two months working through these online program, and you learn you learn sort of from A to Z, like specifically how to deal with certain types of behaviors. It's a very practical approach. So it's not it's not like a theoretical thing. It's more like here's what you do when you're when your child is stealing from you. Um, here's what you do if you're scared of your child. Like a lot of a lot of parents are, you know, when they have to find kids, like they're actually scared of their kids, like physically scared of uh, of their children, and they're not sure what to do about it. So hmm. it's become a very valuable right. program for 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 parents. Now is that, now is the the data behind that is the, kind of the information behind that is that based on James Lehman's experience as a therapist? Uh, is there you know, what's the, I guess, what's the reason? So it's a combination. So, so he's a, so he's a therapist trained in cognitive behavior therapy primarily, which is sort of one of the most common forms of therapy. And, and he practiced for 30 years. Uh, Much of that time was in group homes. And so the experience comes from his therapy and the things that worked and didn't work inside the group homes and dealing with defiance. And then his approach is especially unique in that, uh, James Lehman, the, the founder of, of the Total Transformation Program, was a defiant child himself. So from age 17 to about 25, he was in and out of prisons. Um, he lived on the streets. He had drug problems. He was the oppositional defiant child, which is very often our customers are dealing with. So he was that child. And a judge, a judge when he was 25, put him in a um, said to him, said, "Look, you're going away for a long time, or." Or I'll give you an option. You have to complete this accountability accountability based program. And he went into the accountability based program, and it changed his life. He became a counselor in that program. He went on to get, he went to Fordham University, then on to Boston University, and got his master's in social work. And then he entered the the field and spent 30 years dealing with the kids that was him as a child. And mm-hmm. it gave gave him a very unique perspective into into um, how to deal with it. So, um, well, cool. So I want to kind of dive into your family now, you're a dad, you're a dad of two boys. I'm a dad of two boys. Um, my boys are 22 and 19. How old are your sons? I have a 19 year old and a 18 year old. Very cool. Very cool. Okay. So our boys are pretty similar in age. Um, yeah. what do you, what, how would you describe your parenting style? I would describe it as intentional. And what I, what I mean by that is 
I tried not to let things happen by accident. So I had some advice early on that, that it happens very quickly. You're going to blink and they're going to be 17 and 18. And that's true. And that if you don't, if you don't intentionally set aside times or figure out a schedule that, that you make sure you're spending time with your kids and getting things done you, that they need, you want to make sure they get done in your short number of years as a parent, that you need to, you need to intentionally set that time aside and make sure you do those things because you only get one shot at it. And what I didn't want to do was, have my kids turn 18 and 19 and realize like I missed some very important things during those years. Um, yeah. Now I, I have to work and, you know, I have to miss some things, but, but uh, I wanted to be very intentional about, about sort of how I went about it. Yeah. You know, that's a, that's a good point. And I, I tell dads that I talk to, look, they spend so much time uh, trying to focus on being the financial provider for the family. So they think they have to work these 80 hour weeks and stuff. And so they yeah. miss out yeah. on, on when their kids were younger and then when their kids become teenagers, most of the time the teenagers really don't want to hang out with mom and dad. They want to go hang out with their friends and they can miss all that time. But being intentional with your schedule and your time with your family is super important. And I've told dads that really, you know, with your schedule, you should, you should put your family on your schedule and plan, write it on your schedule. Hey, this, this time, this time on these days, I'm going to be spending time with family. And I'm very intentional about that. And I know that with my boys now older, um, that they're going to carry that on with their families. They see how, uh, how involved I am. They know how involved they're going to be with their kids. So that's cool. So you've been, are your, do your boys play sports? They, they, um, yeah, they do some sports, but I, you know, I grew up in an athletic family. My kids weren't really into sports. And when they, and when they did sports, they were kind of, they were average. I have, my genes are um, slow and not, not particularly good. I was coordinated, but. And, and in my family, my brothers were both very good athletes. I was the worst of the three. But they were more in the music. They were mu- they're musicians. Um, they've been playing in our, our church worship band for like four years now. Oh, cool. And, um, and they, they were actually into, into theater for a while. Uh, I make sure they do athletic stuff for water skiers. So, so they're, all, they're both accomplished water skiers. But they played baseball and basketball early on, that kind of stuff. But they were never like the kids that were going to get a lot of playing time. Mm, so okay. I, don't, I don't know if it was ability or interest or what, but I didn't, I didn't really push it all that much. The one thing I did push, though, is that they were going to be decent students. Uh, they didn't have right. to get A's all the time, but they were not going to not get – they weren't going to get it from lack of trying. Like, it was a requirement. You have, you have to do your work. So right. that was sort of drilled into them from early on that, that you know, we valued academics. and they have to. They, it's their job, actually. I told them, this is your job as a child uh, for the next, you know, 10 or 12 years as you're a student. You have to make sure you're learning right. your stuff, so – yeah, um, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned about the um, putting things on your schedule because we actually thought my wife and I thought about this early on when we were when we first had our kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were very determined that she was going to stay home as a stay-at-home mom, but financially that was not like we were trying to figure out how we could even figure that out. Right. And and we had this idea that for the first five or six years they need mom 90% of the time and dad maybe 10% of the time. And I would go off for those five years and do whatever I could to help my career along. And, but I said, you know, once my kids turn five or six, that age, you know, the formative years with dad kick in and those, and we said those will last until they're teenagers and they don't want, they don't want either parent around at that point. So there's a window of opportunity, especially with boys, I think, and with dad, you know, from age, you know, five or six through about age 14, you've got an opportunity there that that's where you have your most influence. And I wanted to make sure that we got stuff done. Uh, and made sure that I had plenty of time with them during that time frame. Yeah, I agree with you. That's awesome. Well, even though your boys weren't particularly interested in sports, my wife and I always had a rule that, hey, you're going to do something outside of school. 
we wanted schools being, you know, academics were important to us too, but we wanted right. them to get involved socially, some doing something else that was either a sport or whether it was playing an instrument or being in theater, something else outside of school to kind of develop those social skills with other people. And my right. boys just happened to gravitate towards sports, and that's why I coached. I coached their teams all the way up through high school, and now they're obviously out of high school. I'm still coaching, but they're out of high school now. But um, so I coached all their teams and all that kind of stuff. So that's the way I was involved. But um, that's cool that you have them doing something. Um, cool. What do you think? Uh, talking about you know kind of the history of Kimball and and how you became a parent. What do you think is the single most important thing you learned from your parents, and how has it impacted you as a father today? I think from my father, because we've talked, I was very, very close to my father. And I remember him when I was older, he mentioned that he viewed uh, fatherhood as, and this was like when I first had my kids, because he viewed fatherhood as a job. Like he goes, I always felt like I had a job to do and that it wasn't all like about fun or that you had to like really like everything I did or whatever. He says, but I'm not raising kids, I'm raising adults. And I want to, and it's my job to make sure I raise you when you're self-sufficient and I would be deficient. Like he felt, he felt like, like he had like a real responsibility there. And that kind of stuck with me because actually shortly after I had my kids, he passed away fairly suddenly. And I was in my like early thirties. And I remember talking to a friend of mine whose father had passed away and it was probably about a month later. And I, and he said, how are you doing? And I said, you know, the shocking thing is I'm perfectly fine. Like I miss him, but but like, otherwise I'm perfectly, like, I feel fine. Like I don't have like this huge sense of loss or anything. I just feel like, like that kind of sucks that he died, you know, much sooner than he should have. And, or we wanted him to, we wanted to be around a lot longer. I go, but it's weird that I thought I would be in some kind of, of, you know, terrible mourning or whatever. Cause I'm like, I'm missing like my best friend. And he goes, well, that's because your dad did his job. You don't need him yep. anymore. So, and that I'm really stuck with me. Cause I go, that's yeah, because your dad say. did his job. You don't need him. Yeah, I was going to say, how did that make you feel at that moment when your friend said to share that with you? I, <laughs> well, first of all, I wanted to believe that that was the case because there wasn't something wrong. Because I thought there was something wrong with me. Like, I should be, like, much more, like, worse off than I am. And it was sad and all, but it wasn't, I wasn't broken up the way I said him because I was like, very, very close to him. So, yeah. anyway, he made me, uh, yeah. So, I, I, I think that's what it was. And I'm like, you know what, I want to make sure that when my kids, um, and they're leaving home now, like, I want them to have the tools that, they're going to be self-sufficient adults. They can be providers. They can be men. And I want that's very important. Um, and I'm, yeah. I'm grateful. Just, I have a sense of relief now that they're 17 and or 18 and 19. If I, if I were to like suddenly pass away now, like I think they're okay. I think they're going to be right. fine. So. Right. Yeah, I feel the same way about my boys. I'm glad that you shared that about your father. And first of all, I'm sorry that, uh, that he passed away, but he did do his job. And we as parents, we as dads in particular, we, that's our job. Our job is to be a dad yeah. and to raise human beings to be productive members of society. We hear that all the time, right? Too many times, though, parents don't take that role seriously enough. And then what happens yeah. is they live their life, and then at the end of their life, when they're about to go to their Heavenly Father, they have these regrets. These regrets exactly. of what, what could I have done differently to have a better relationship with my kids? Why aren't my kids by my bedside before I pass? Those kind of things yep. go on, and I don't want to have those regrets. And I know that you don't either, and, and clearly your father didn't. So that's awesome that you shared that. Uh, that's, that's so true. We have a job to do. Yep. Listen, we, we can love them. Yep. We can have fun with them. We can be friends with them. But we have a job to do, and it's to raise human beings to be the best they can be when they're older. So um, yep. that's awesome. And Very you, cool. And you mentioned earlier the guy who was, you know, who works 80 hours a week, totally focused on his career. And, and I always had this thought that, 
you know, in, in a fi- personal finance 101 class, like, like the number one thing isn't like diversification or compounding interest. For me, like personal finance 101, step one, don't get divorced. Step two, make sure your kids are self-sufficient so that when they turn 18 and 19, they can move out of the house and you're not supporting them the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. Like those are two of the most important personal finance things that I don't really see in any personal finance books. Um, but if your marriage is, is not going well and you're not paying attention to it, um, that's financially devastating. And if you have kids who are not um, capable of supporting themselves, that's financially devastating also. So those are two like really just practical standpoints that if you're working eight hours a week because because you want to make as much money as possible, uh, you should be thinking about those other two aspects that, that can be financially devastating as well. Right. So that's Absolutely the more right. practical side of it. Yep, for sure. Now, kind of shifting gears just a little on kind of an an unusual topic, but I I think it's important for our discussion. You know, at a time where gender equality is so huge or prevalent in what's going on today, it's been such an important issue. How are you ensuring that your boys learn to respect women and see them as their equals? Like, I don't, haven't sat down and like said, you know, had a talk with them about like women are, you know, like equal or like we haven't had, it would, it feels like that would be kind of a weird discussion. But what I try to do is like our kids watch us for a living. Like that's what they do. They watch you. Like they're, they grow up watching their parents. And, and I always thought that the way I treat my wife, Marina, is probably the number one way in which they should need to learn or will learn how to treat uh, women in their lives whether coworkers or whatever, which is, you know, if you don't treat your own wife with respect and you don't treat them well, that sends, no matter what you say to your child, that you're going to be sending the wrong message to them because um, they're watching what you do. I would, I would answer that by saying that, you know, that's the way I treat my mother, the way I treat my wife, the way I treat, you know, all the women in my life, like that's what they learn from. That's what they see and what's appropriate yeah. and not appropriate. And how to argue also, because we don't always, my wife and I don't always get along. We argue. How do, how do you argue in a way that's, that's respectful as well? So, yeah, no, you're exactly right. And I'm glad that you said that. I kind of figured that was the direction you were going to go because I've shared it a lot on my show and in speaking to other dads, the kids are watching regardless of their age, whether they're two or 22, they're watching everything that you do. And I think it's important for our kids to see, hey, the way I treat my wife is how a woman should be treated. That's cool. Yeah, you're right. Always watching us. My wife and I... (laughs) Yeah, my wife and I did uh, did a marriage ministry for a long time at our at our church. So we worked with with other couples. You know, we'd work through workbooks that that uh, we would get, and it was really it was really fun to do and fascinating. And yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, we did a my wife and I did a marriage couples um, Bible study once a week, and we did it for about three years. And this is when my boys were a little younger, um, but we did it for about three years, and we used to have about ten couples come over to our house every Saturday. And we'd go through a Bible study and gosh, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of work because it was you know, constantly making sure the house was picked up before everybody came over and then cleaning up yeah. afterwards. So it ended up being a lot of work, but uh, it was a lot of fun. We got to meet a lot of great people and uh, it just turned out. And then we ended up passing it on to one of our other couples in the group and they, they carried it from there. But uh, that's very cool. Now, if I were to ask your sons to tell me something about you, what would you say that, what would you think that they would say about you today? I would say that I've actually I've actually asked Mike because we're we're we actually have these kind of discussions because well, my good. kids are, are a little bit are my kids are they're about to leave the house so we've talked about childhood and stuff recently and um one of the one of my sons says he goes uh, he didn't mean this in a bad way but he said you early on cared more about my future than I did and I think that is because I had, I had a better under like 
like I wanted to make sure like academically and other stuff, they didn't have regrets. Like I didn't want them to to not be able to do stuff in life because either they just weren't motivated enough or they wasted their time. And, and I've tried to talk, teach them that your time is precious. Like you don't want to, I don't know, I was being Floyd fan. I was a kid. There's a song called time, which is like, um, it talks about wasting away. Next thing you know, it's like 10 years go by and you haven't done anything. Like you don't want to be in that situation. You don't want to get into your late twenties and go, Oh my gosh, what have I just blew, blown eight years. What am I going to do? Right. So I've, I've, constantly like kept on them to like you guys have to you know don't don't waste these times to learn this is your learning time and 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 um whether they liked it or not i was always on them about that so i'm going to guess that that some aspect of that is what they would they would point to and the other thing was i always made them do stuff that they didn't necessarily want to do that was adult like so we had we had a boat i always made them early on they had to learn how to drive the boat and Mm. do i i made i was the parent who made my kids do stuff that a lot of other parents wouldn't let their kids do um and i think that was valuable actually for them well it's, those are teaching moments right you're you're preparing them for what could be uh, like you said the future selves right i mean it's the same thing yeah. i i've taught my kids how to do you know and i'm sure you have too but i've taught my kids how to do random repairs around the house um, I taught my boys, they had on their cars, if their light bulb goes out on their headlight or something, I taught them how to change that on their own. Those kind of things. Those are just life lessons that they, they should probably know. And, and if they come up when I'm not around, they'll know how to take care of it. So uh, that's great that you're doing that. And I think you're right. They probably would say that. It sounds like that's the way you were with them when they were younger. And you're only setting them up for um, success and being productive um, human beings. So that's awesome that you did that. Very cool. Well, listen, um, first of all, let me give you an opportunity because I know that, you know, Empowering Parents is such an awesome program that, you know, a lot of parents may be struggling with right now. So what's the best place for my listeners to um, find out more about Empowering Parents? Is it just through the website, empoweringparents.com? Empoweringparents.com. We're also on Instagram and we're on Facebook. And if you just search for Empowering Parents, you'll find us in either place. So we're, we're easy to find. Okay. And the great. program, the pro, the behavior program we do is called the Total Transformation Program. A lot of people have heard of that also. So if you search for any of those, you'll be able to find us. Awesome. Very cool. Now, if they wanted to learn a little bit more about you, uh, what's the best place for them to do that? I uh, go to empoweringparents.com and then click on the About Us button, and you will see uh, our experts, and you'll see our management team, and you'll see me there also. Awesome. Very cool. And I have a bio. Sure. So. Very cool. What? Uh, what is uh, Kimball looking forward to this year that you might have coming up? Well, my kids are moving out in August. They're, they're headed off to college. Um, I'm not sure I'm looking forward to that, but I'm interested to see how I'm going to react when I'm, when I'm alone. And then um, it's, uh, I live in Central Florida right now. I used to be from the Northeast, but I'm, I live in Central Florida right now, and it's just warming up because it was a little chilly. And right. I'm a very avid water skier, so the water skiing uh, season is about to begin. So I do that with my kids, so we're, we're fairly serious about it. So. We're about to get started. Well, very cool. Well, that's awesome. Um, well, Kimball, look, I'm glad that we've connected. Uh, I'm certainly uh, glad that you and I have you know, kind of gotten a chance to share in our experiences together. And I appreciate you taking the time out of your day. I'm looking forward to not only learning a little bit more about empowering parents and the total transformation, but also um, connecting with us as, as friends and uh, just keeping in touch. So, Thank you very much for coming on Dad Up. You certainly represent the Dad Up community very well, and I was I was I appreciate you being on, brother. Thanks for having me, Brian. This is fun. Well, there you have it. Another exciting episode complete. My guest today certainly represents the Dad Up community very well. 
Continue to stay tuned because my shows with amazing guests comes out every week. You don't want to miss out. Please help the show by subscribing and leaving a rating. I would love your feedback. If you know anyone this show could help, please share it with them. I don't want anyone missing out on what it takes to be a great parent. If you have comments or questions, please let me know. You can message me on my Instagram page at Data Podcast. I read all your comments and respond to them all. Thank you, as always, for listening to the show. This is Dad Up.